name is Madison Jaffe, and I want to welcome all of my listeners to the latest episode of Positively Penn. In each episode, I host interviews or talk about uplifting things happening on Penn's campus to give you all a break from the stress that Penn can bring. Make sure to like and subscribe so you hear about new episodes and our latest guests. In the last episode, I spoke to Laura Taylor, the co-founder of the Penn Program for Flourishing. Today, I will be joined by Fassel Khan, the founder of the program. Like Laura, Vassal earned his Master in Applied Positive Psychology from Penn. This program is also known as MAP. However, before completing the MAP program, he spent many years working in the finance and technology industries, as well as consulting with a specialization in employee well-being, engagement, and resilience. Today, he will tell us more about his go-to happiness strategies, Penn's Master in Applied Positive Psychology, and much more. Hi Vassal, thank you so much for being here today. Hi Madison, pleasure to be here. To kick off the episode, would you mind telling us about your coaching business that helps clients optimize their well-being? I had uh, completed my executive master's in technology management. It was a joint degree between uh, Penn Engineering here and the Wharton Business School. And so I developed this entrepreneurial bug, if you will, on working for myself and creating something uh, 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 that uh, would allow me to work for myself. And so I started my own business called One Extraordinary Life, um, where I started offering two things. I'd retooled myself completely by this point. Um, So the two things that um, I now do as part of One Extraordinary Life is executive coaching um, and uh, management consulting, where I go into organizations and teach them how to create environments of uh, fulfillment, engagement, and resilience for their employees. During this time, I came back to Penn and uh, uh, got my Master's in Applied Positive Psychology here. Um, This is considered the birthplace of positive psychology because Martin Seligman, the founder of the science, um, is based here, had the privilege of uh, studying under him and uh, some other marvelous uh, professors here at Penn and also guest professors that come and lecture us. And now I have the good fortune of being one of... uh, uh, Marty, as we call him, Marty's assistant instructors in the program as well, um, teaching in, in both the uh, fall as well as the spring terms here. Great. Yeah. Um, so could you tell us a little bit more about the Master's in Applied Positive Psychology for our listeners who don't know about it already? Yeah, sure. So Applied Positive Psychology uh, could be thought of as um, uh, the science that helps us harness our strengths and what's going well in our lives and what's going well um, with us. Traditional psychology or clinical psychology focuses on what's wrong. We call it a deficit-based model. So you could have symptoms like sadness, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, and so you go to a clinical psychologist to alleviate those symptoms. The World Health Organization, however, says the absence of illness doesn't mean that you're in a state of well-being. So you take illness away from a situation, you cure illness, um, you're still not in a position of well-being. So we call that a neutral line, you're a neutral line. So positive psychology takes us north of neutral, a phrase coined by one of the giants in the field, Chris Peterson. Um, And north of neutral means what are those aspects that we can capitalize on, those resources within ourselves that we can capitalize on to increase our well-being. 
And so positive psychology gives us the pathways that allow us to tap into those resources. Um, and the model that Marty um, has advocated in this regard um, is known as PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. P stands for positive emotions, E stands for engagement, R for relationships, M for meaning, and A for accomplishment. And these are five pathways, if you will, uh, by which we can increase our well-being. So uh, that's what positive psychology is about at an individual level. And then you can also apply it to organizations. And there's this discipline called positive organizational scholarship, where it's not just about the individual and how you can harness the strength in, in, in the individual, but the collection of individuals, the community, how can you all take advantage of uh, what's right and uh, flourish differently um, uh, and teach the organization to flourish differently. Great. Yeah. So I assume then the Penn Program for Flourishing is a, doing that a bit in the sense of you're trying to help individuals um, capitalize on their strengths, but also work together in this cohort. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, but going along with that, since it is your brainchild, will you tell us your inspiration for yeah. it? Laura gave us kind of a summary, but sure. I'd be curious to hear it from your perspective yeah, as well. Absolutely. So when I was a student here in the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology program, it was 2016. Um, we were learning such great um, content and the focus in the program is on the application side, the applied side of the science. And so I had this urge to apply it and uh, apply as soon as possible wherever I could. Yeah. And I figured, okay, why not just start in our backyard, you know, um, back at Penn. Uh, Penn is very near and dear to my heart. It always has been. So let's see if we can create something here. And the initial idea was that, you know, I'll come and, you know, get a room um, uh, where people can come and, and we can have chats like this, like what you and I are having right now, Madison, where we can talk about well-being, positive psychology, how to apply it, etc. And then um, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I were able to uh, create something a little more structured, a little more formal, but not too formal? kind of semi-formal. And so um, I created a, a structure mimicking the uh, Penn program for mindfulness, which is a program here that teaches mindfulness. It's an eight-week program called the Penn program for mindfulness. And so we were looking for a name. And so hence we call it the Penn program for flourishing. And so that's how the program got created. Uh, the eight-week program where we made it our mission to teach one skill, at least one skill, every week to the students that participated in it. Um, I was actually a bit surprised that we didn't have anything like this at Penn, Yeah. Um, but I was also delighted that uh, this is a great opportunity uh, to create such a program. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I asked Laura last week what her go-to happiness strategy is because I know, mm -hmm. um, as someone who completed the program, I know we um, went through a bunch of those different strategies, but obviously everyone has a personal favorite and one that works best for them. So as our last question, would yeah. you mind telling the audience your go-to strategy? Yeah, my go-to happiness strategy is having a conversation like this, Madison. Um, I am not one of those people who left his corporate job because I was tired of the nine to five or it became too cumbersome, etc. I've always enjoyed my work and, and what I do. But this work is a passion of mine. 
Um, and to see someone like you, an alum of the Penn Program for Flourishing, also have uh, having a deep interest in this is extremely fulfilling to me. So to create these types of moments um, energizes me. Um, I've been coaching since nine o'clock this morning. Oh my I coached surgeons today. Wow. I coached uh, some of the MBA students here at Wharton. Um, coached uh, two other professionals that I'm working with. And now I'm here with you. Um, and I'm as energized right now, it's, you know, uh, late in the day, as I was nine o'clock in the morning when I was um, doing my first coaching session. Um, my, fortunately, um, the work that I do now is very engaging and energizing for me. And so it would be boring for me if I didn't have some facet of this in my day. So it invigorates me, um, allows me to exercise my passion um, and make a living out of it at the same time. So it's uh, the ideal combination for me. So that's kind of on a formal side what I do. Other than that, you know, I love listening to music. I love to dance. I'm not the best dancer in the world. <laughs> I'm one fair. of those. I wait for a little crowd to develop on the dance floor, if you will. And then I'll kind of uh, um, schmooze in there. And uh, But once I get started, I'm the last one off. So that's another happiness strategy is crank up the music um, and dance a little bit. Um, I agree with so, that. So that's always fun. Yeah. 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 Well, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so I think, I hope that our listeners can, just hearing the last two episodes about different go-to strategies, can be inspired to, one, get involved with the Penn Program for Flourishing, but also really think about what makes you happy, and not because you think that you should be doing it, but truly what's going to make you happy and make you want to get up in the morning and be excited about it. So, Vassal, thank you so much for coming here and talking to us, because I, I just think it's really inspiring to hear that you can find a job that is a great career, but also that is something that keeps you excited so thank you very much thank yeah. you for the opportunity and keep doing what you're doing <laughs> i will yeah, thanks a lot thanks i also want to thank all my listeners for tuning in today make sure to like and follow positively pen on facebook spotify and soundcloud to hear about the latest episodes thanks again and i'll see you next time